What if you can't find any players or a game to join? Is it possible to roleplay on your own? Welcome back, Rescuers. I'm your host, Che Webster, and this is Roleplay Rescue, the show about getting you back to the table as a roleplayer. This is Season 2, Episode 4. The topic today is on the controversial subject of solo roleplaying. Gaming on your own. When I first started roleplaying, I had a regular group of friends and at least two GMs rotating around during our before and after school gaming sessions. We played a variety of games, Traveller, Dungeons and Dragons, Star Frontiers, and Rollmaster, all of those being the most memorable. But we didn't play all of the games that the collective group had acquired. From the earliest age, I was an avid collector of role-playing games, but I couldn't always persuade other game masters to run them, and I lacked the courage to step up and be the GM myself. Having already learned to game alone through the hex and chipboard wargaming that I enjoyed as a teen, playing classics such as Panzer and 88 and the always fascinating Rise and Fall of the Third Reich, I began to also find ways to game alone with RPGs. By the way, the gateway to board games for me was Risk. I used to play that solo too. Initially, the solo role-playing was simple stuff like rolling up characters for Traveller, which has his own mini-game character creation system embedded. But over time, it began to... Well, I began to find ways of doing something with those characters. It was crude, but my solo gaming experiences started with simply playing both sides of the GM screen. I would set up a situation, imagine my character in the situation, make choices, and then adjudicate those choices for myself. I had to learn the discipline of not fudging the die rolls in my character's favour, but I was able to have a pretty fun time. Unfortunately, I got into the habit of speaking out loud while I played. This was a behaviour that led to many room invasions by my worried parents. I suppose they were concerned that I was either going crazy or sneaking friends into the house. I would guiltily rush from the bed, itself covered in papers and books, and try to block entry. I think my folks assumed I was hiding something sexual or dangerous, but in truth, I was just embarrassed to be caught gaming on my own. And that's the point in telling the story. There is a deeply held prejudice against gaming solo that I have taken many years to overcome. I always felt like Billy No Mates back in the day, and my solo gaming just reinforced that feeling. Parents would only approve of play if it was social. Games were for groups, not lonely sessions hidden in your teenage bedroom. There was, and I think still is, immense shame in gaming solo. Today, I am here to tell you that this attitude is weakening socially and that there is a very lively solo community out there. Yes, you did hear me right. There is a community of gamers who share their solo gaming but never actually get together to game. They game alone. And I'm part of that community. I have always gamed alone. It's just that over the years, I didn't realise that this was a thing that other people did too. Looking back on it, for example, when I was reading old issues of the Alarums and Excursions D&D fanzine from the 1970s, it's pretty clear that some folk were playing D&D solo from almost day one. 
In fact, in the wargaming community that D&D arose from, solo wargaming was a practical necessity for some people. Role-playing games, therefore, have a strong pedigree in solo gaming. It's just that prior to the internet age, remember, that's post-1989, solo games were largely gaming solo, and little was shared of the practicalities in an easily accessible format. Sure, if you were involved in wargaming, well, you might have read Donald Featherstone's classic 1973 book, Solo Wargaming, one that my dad has on his shelf and that I read avidly as a teen. You might have accessed, as I did, Charles Grant's 1983 book, Programmed Wargame Scenarios, and used many of the ideas. By the way, I was shocked to find out that copies of the latter sell for hundreds of pounds. I, I, I must try and liberate it from my dad's shelf. Anyway, my point is that solo gaming was secretive in the role-playing community. At least, that's the impression I get looking back on it. My great epiphany came when I discovered two great products in quick succession. The first was the groundbreaking Mythic Game Master Emulator by Tana Pigeon, part of the Mythic role-playing game published by Word Mill Games. That game is a classic, and I'll come back to it in a while. The second great product was the big influence on me, Kenny Norris's solo roleplayer website. The post published through 2015 and 2016, together with his amazingly helpful Guide to Playing Alone, published in 2015, it was amazing for me. As an aside, it was the saddest thing when Kenny dropped offline and went silent around the end of 2016. Kenny... If you're listening to this, man, you changed my life and and you saved my role-playing hobby. Thank you. Thanks, Kenny. What was groundbreaking about Kenny's little PDF? Well, firstly, it was free. It's still free to download on DriveThruRPG, and I'll stick a link in the show notes. Secondly, it addressed the very problem that Roleplay Rescue seeks to tackle. How to get back to gaming when all your pals are too busy. But it does it in such a way as to empower you to actually get playing. Alone. Solo. Quote, Solo role-playing is a way to role-play when you are unable to role-play with mates. It can't take the place of time around the table, but solo role-playing gives you a deep role-playing experience, one that requires only yourself. The only excuses you'll hear are the ones you bring. End quote. Kenny takes the subject of how to roleplay alone and breaks it down. I'm going to shamelessly steal his approach and give air to it during this episode. I don't think Kenny would mind as long as we all take a moment to recognise his immense contribution to roleplaying games. Everything you are about to hear originated, at least for me, from Kenny's solo roleplayer posts and booklets. Thanks, Kenny. And thanks to all the folk he credits too. Alexander, Alex Yari... Charles Reynolds, Deathworks, John Four, and Phil Nichols. I discovered these guys were hanging around on Google Plus in the Lone Wolf solo role-playing group. Since the demise of Google Plus, they are on MeWe in the solo role-playing Lone Wolf role-playing group. There's also a Reddit group called Solo Role-playing with 400 plus members. See, you're not alone, even when you are solo. Kenny gives us three steps to solo role-playing. Three things we need. Quote, There are three key elements to exploring solo role-playing. One, know role-playing. Two, know thyself. Three, 
know thy toolbox, end quote. The first of those steps, no role-playing, talks about looking at role-playing with eyes that you've perhaps not considered before. Quote, in role-playing, two powers work together to create a story using guidelines, end quote. Two powers. Powers working together to create a story. Story created using guidelines. The powers are the GM and the player. Kenny points out that in a solo game, you have to take on the roles of both of those powers. Except that it's more interesting not to play the GM. Quote, Doing this alone is possible, but to make things more interesting, it's best to use a solo engine to outsource most of the power of the games master. End quote. Thus enters the idea of a solo engine to help run your solo game. Working together is the next concept from Kenny, and he means that, quote, there should be give and take on how the story develops between the two powers, end quote. Kenny points out that a story is the most important element. By this he means the emergent story arising from the game played. Even if you are alone, the story is the outcome that these two powers, you as player and the solo engine of GM, the outcome you are seeking. Kenny then adds the need for guidelines. Quote, to be role-playing rather than free-form storytelling, there has to be rules. It does not matter how heavy, light, simulationist or narrative your chosen rule set is. Rules help drive the action, what your character is able to do, and gives a framework for the story, end quote. So that means we can begin to see how the definition Kenny proposes can be practically applied. You slip your chosen elements into the sentence, thus two powers work together to create a story using guidelines becomes something like Mythic and I will collaborate to play a fun fantasy adventure game using Castles and Crusades or me and my alone gaming cards will work together to create an exciting science fiction adventure using Savage Worlds. Whatever elements float your boat. Easy. In terms of knowing thyself, Kenny's guide introduces you to the idea of the Bartle types of gamers. I personally found this to be the least useful element, perhaps because I'm aware of many game theory approaches, and, and I personally prefer the 2001 MDA design approach to Bartle types, but whatever. If you're new to solo gaming, the chapter is worth a read. As long as you're not a heart, you'll be fine with solo play. Hearts in the Bartle types, they're socialisers, in case you didn't know. (laughs) So, yeah. From deciding to solo play, Kenny guides us into the choices needed to be made in constructing thy toolbox. Actually, I love that idea, the toolbox. And I think that any game master should think about gaming with the toolbox analogy in mind anyway, but toolbox. Quote, there are three core elements needed in your toolbox. One, game system. Two, solo engine. And with that, a driver. And three, idea generator. Alongside these are other tools that can be useful. Setting, genre toolkits, random generators, lists, source books, end quote. Look, if this is piquing your interest, go download the ebook from DriveThruRPG. It's free, for goodness sake. Have a read, seriously. If you are curious about solo play, Kenny has you covered. Guide to playing alone. Game system is simple. Pick a game you like. Yes, 
even games not designed for solo play. Solo Engine, however, needs more detail. Remember I mentioned the Mythic Game Master emulator? That's my favourite. There are several others out there. The CRGE, Conjectural Role-Playing Game Master Emulator, is one. Perilous Intersections is another. Horses for Causes, I guess. Personally, and perhaps because it entered my life first, I use Mythic. In short, Tana Pigeon's Mythic RPG introduced a Game Master Emulator to the gaming consciousness. Actually, I'm not sure if Mythic was the first, but it was definitely an early entry. 2003 for the original full RPG, I think. The GM emulator was produced around 2005. Quote, Most RPGs operate under the principle that there are players and there is a game master who is responsible for running the show. The GM prepares all the details of an adventure and then runs the players through that adventure. This usually requires a great deal of preparation on the part of the GM and the handling of many details. Mythic GME is different in that it requires no preparation from the GM. Mythic adventures are meant to be played off the cuff with perhaps a few minutes of brainstorming to come up with the opening scene. Mythic can also be played entirely without a GM. The same mechanics in Mythic that allow a GM to run an adventure without preparation also allow a group of players to do without the GM. You can think of Mythic as an artificial intelligence. It is designed to use simple rules of logic to answer any yes-slash-no question. So, whether you are playing alone or acting as an unprepared GM, or are a group of players without a GM, just ask your questions. Only, instead of asking a live GM, you ask Mythic, end quote. In short, as a solo player, you ask yes-no questions and then roll on the fate chart to find out the answer. Answers range from an exceptional yes to yes and no through to an exceptional no. It's a simple idea. Yes, it requires the application of logic, and the book details lots of advice on how to use the system well. But seriously, the mythic GME takes solo role-playing out of the realms of turn-to-page XXX and into the real role-playing space of free-form actual GM emulation. For example... Goriel enters the house. It's silent and dark. I imagine the corridor with doors off to the left and right. In my head, there might be a stairway up to the second floor too. What I don't know is if there is anyone else present. I ask, is there anyone else here? I figure there's a 50-50 chance of there being perhaps someone awake and on guard. I roll on the fate chart. D100... And I score 43. That's a yes. Using logic, I decide there's a guard on a chair by the stairs. Is the guard asleep? That seems unlikely. I roll. 14. Wow. Okay, that's another yes. Um, the guard snores loudly and stirs in his sleep. What will Goriel do now? Well, anyway, hopefully you get the idea. That's a bloody powerful tool, believe me. Look, I realise that the sceptics out there are going to be snorting and huffing. That's fine. Solo gaming isn't for everyone. Don't worry, I'm not going to bore you with an extended example. At least, not in this episode. If anyone would like to hear an extended solo game being played, I'd, I'd be happy to record one of my sessions. That could be a bonus episode, I guess. 
So game system plus solo engine or GM emulator as Mythic calls it. Optionally, as Kenny noted earlier, you can use a driver too as part of the solo engine. Quote, drivers are an optional framework that helps create an adventure for your character. Perilous Intersections is my current favourite. There is a published one, the Covetous Poets Adventure Creator and Solo GM Guidebook, end quote. Finally, Kenny recommends adding an idea generator to your toolkit. Quote, idea generators are anything that can help spark your mind into thinking in new and different directions. They make you work that bit harder, making role-playing that bit more different, random and fun. Rory Story Cubes and StoryForge are good examples. So is writing a list of keywords and picking two or more at random if you need an idea. Mythic GME has a list built inside, end quote. For me, because Mythic has generators inside, that was enough for a long time. Just the Mythic GME and my chosen role-playing game rules. More recently, however, I discovered a great tool, the Game Master's Apprentice Card Decks, which brings together a whole bundle of idea generators in one place. In truth, the GM Apprentice cards can even be used as a simple solo engine because they include a simplified yes-no answer engine right on the cards. Thus, in recent games, I've just used the GM Apprentice. I'll stick a link to that in the show notes. Kenny's additional list, like the setting or random generators, refer to any tool that will add some fresh ideas to your toolkit. Old school gamers will find a lot of use for their various random tables in solo play. Personally, I love the D30 range from New Big Dragon Games, like the D30 DM Companion or the D30 Sandbox Companion, but that stuff is all up to you. With a set of game rules, a solo engine like Mythic, and some idea generators, also found in Mythic, you are good to go. Solo gaming becomes a reality. Well, except for just one thing. Logging. Kenny's genius is probably best exemplified by his almost throwaway advice to log your solo games. Quote, techniques including different methods to log your solo role-playing. Methods like writing it down as if it were a novel, writing it down as if it were a journal, drawing it as if it were a comic or graphic novel, or making brief notes as you need them during your role-playing session. End quote. Logging or making a record of your game revolutionised my enjoyment of solo role-playing. No longer was the story simply played out and told, in my case, out loud in my bedroom, Uh, but it became recorded. This is important because it allows you to go back and review the past. You can look back over your episodes and see the development of your character, or you can check some fact of the game world, or you can just enjoy the read. Logging also allows you to share Remember what I told you about the solo gaming community? That's what they talk about mostly. They share ideas about how to solo game, certainly, but they also enjoy reading each other's game logs. That's what gave me the solo bug. I began to blog my solo adventures. Giving, given that setting up a blog can be free, this is easy to do. So you can play solo and then share your adventures with people who will enjoy reading about them. Since starting the podcast, I've been minded to switch from prose to recording my adventures hourly. Using Anchor, as I do for podcasting, I guess you could easily record your games in segments using your phone and then periodically share them as a podcast. Me, I might set up my microphone and record the game for my private consumption, 
The only downside to recording hourly might be that it's harder to go back and search for in-game facts, but it'd be more immediate and fun. Plus, it'd help you, you know, to be honest with the dice. However you do it, remember to log your solo games. Are you a gamer who has some tips for those listeners who are trying to find a way back to the table? Could you get in touch and share your ideas? Or, if you are a rescuer, seeking to make this happen and struggling with your own challenge, why not get in touch to share the problem? Maybe we can help you out. You can leave a message easily. If you haven't got the Anchor mobile app, download it onto your phone, search for Roleplay Rescue, and tap on the Messages button to leave a call in. Thanks for your help. Remember, this is about building a community of discovery together. Please come and add your voice to the conversation. So, there you have it. A whirlwind guide to solo role-playing games. We've talked about the theory. You just need to find an hour to play and and then go play. Do it. Go on. Grab Mythic and your favourite RPG. Go and solo play. It's a great step back to the gaming table. It taught me the confidence to eventually become the GM of a social game, you know, when I was a teenager. And actually now, I think if I really was pushed to it, I could use the Mythic GM emulator at a social game to kind of give me that improvisational boost. But look, you don't have to find anyone else to game with. There are countless sources of additional stuff out there. There's a really cool lady who does YouTube videos on how to solo game using really old school games like The Fantasy Trip. It was her fault that I ended up backing the recent Fantasy Trip Kickstarters to the hilt. I intend to solo play with that game. Look, Kenny's collected solo roleplayer blog articles are free to download from DriveThruRPG and there are loads of solo gamers waiting to talk to you on MeWe and Reddit. Get gaming, my friend. Solo it. Game on. Hey, buddy. Joe Lawyer. Just want to say I'm enjoying the heck out of your podcast. I started at the beginning a long way on the road today, so I was driving back and forth a lot from work. So I've been uh, starting at the beginning, and I'm up to your the priest interview. How cool is it to interview a priest who plays D&D in here talking about how he likes World of Darkness? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm halfway through it right now. I'm really hoping you get into, uh, uh, does he play a cleric of Asmodeus or <laughs> shit like that? Um, anyway. I'll talk to you later, man. I really enjoying your stuff, though. Keep it going. I like your approach, as I'd say, uh, getting back, you know, people back into it and all that stuff. It's kind of cool. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, Joe. Great to hear from you. First time caller. And I'm so honored that you're listening to the show and enjoying it. Um, and yes, it's very cool. I have, you know, my best mate's a priest. Um, yeah, Derek's a good guy. Anyway, I'm really glad you're enjoying it all. Um, you know, hope you get something out of it, really. Oh, hang on a minute. Uh, well, all right. Looks like there's another one from Joe. Hey man, Joe Lawyer here. Just uh, eating breakfast, thinking. I listened to your podcast there about uh, um, where you said that you want to make sure that your your players, your characters in a game, always know what they're meant to be doing, and that you are always basically ready to give them a way to do that. I don't agree with that in the sense that what about sandboxes? Um, I like to have the characters tell me what the hell they want to do. Um, not just in a hex crawl or or something like that, like in the West March style hex crawl, but just in in general. All right, it's Sunday morning. You got nothing on the agenda. There ain't nobody knocking down the doors. There, there's nothing going on. Wars are going on. Uh, it's a beautiful day. What the hell are you gonna do? I like them to be self-directed. Um, 
if they want, they give me ideas in advance, and I'll make something specific in that regard. You know, that's fine. But I have enough to go on the fly with whatever they generally want to do. So I think that's preferred, my, my preferred style at least. You've got mail. Hey, Joe Lawyer again. First part in the loud sound of driving, and uh, freaking metal piece fell off the bottom of my car the other day. Next thing you know, I'm driving around like a, a muffler. Sounds like a, a Mack truck or a diesel train here. Anyhow, <laughs> it's another bill. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, um, I was thinking I was wanting to follow up with the other thing. I was saying I like prefer my players to do you know free will and do whatever they want to do, and I'm pretty much prepared for most anything. However, some players aren't prepared to do that. Some players love direction, have to have direction. So that's the other the other side of it, you know. Give them a what do you want to do thing, and and if they're not exploring for plot hooks or looking around or investigating or giving me some guidance as to what even their characters are interested in doing on their off time, then it really nothing happens. You know what I mean? Because I'm not able to give them hooks or leads or or uh, anything like that that fits what you know what their action what their free will desires are so that's where that is hey joe thanks for the further call-ins that's awesome i tend to agree with you actually um i prefer my players to be very independent i'm currently about to you know kick it into and and you'll find this out when you get uh, further into the series you'll find out I'm, I'm i'm moving to a hex crawl and i'm moving to doing a mega dungeon and my guys, though, whew, they're terrible at kind of knowing what the heck to do. So a couple of things. Um, I think the great strength of hex crawls and mega dungeons is that basically the decision making is can be for the players as simple as pick a direction and go. You know, they can kind of just stick their noses out somewhere. Um, and if you haven't got players who are ready to stick their noses out, then, you know, <laughs> what they do in the gaming table. That being said... It is my experience that a lot of players, um, especially of modern games, they're not used to making those kind of decisions. They're waiting for you as a GM to like lead them by the nose. And I hate that, honestly. I really do. But so much pressure on the GM and it takes away all the agency of the players. Um, so I'm kind of with you, dude. I'm, I'm absolutely with you. But I'll tell you what, I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated by hearing about you know heavily plotted games and then meeting players who play in them who waiting for me to show them where to go um if i'm honest i'm i'm with you i want them to take the lead but of course you have to be ready in case they don't so i've kind of got a blended approach these days and i'm hoping that when you get around to listening to some of my gm journal stuff maybe you'll, you'll get a better idea of what i mean i don't know anyway dude i'm always open for tips always open for ideas so please keep them coming all the best now cheers joe I hope you are enjoying Roleplay Rescue. If you ever want to get in touch, ask questions or share your point of view, you can leave me a voice message. You can also drop comments onto the Roleplay Rescue page on Facebook and the even more popular page on MeWe. Just search for Roleplay Rescue on those social media platforms and you can follow the pages with an easy click. You can even email me via hello at rpgrescue.com. I'm Che Webster. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next weekend with another episode of Roleplay Rescue. Game on.